Hi, everyone. My name is Leanne Lopinto, and welcome to the Love Evolved podcast. I am a holistic psychologist living in Los Angeles, and I specialize in love, sex, and relationships. And in my sessions with clients, I combine therapy and breath work, and the results have been absolutely incredible. I have over 10 years of practicing, and it's really just been the past year or two that I've incorporated breath work into my sessions, and it's been just a complete game changer. So please reach out if you need support. Okay, guys, I am so excited to share this episode with you with Laura Matsu and Bernard Gunther. They're a married couple and they're just so incredible. I cannot wait for those of you who are not familiar with these two to get to know them a little bit better. So I asked Laura and Bernhard to come on as part of my real world couple series where I have couples on that really serve as models for incredible conscious relationships. And so really wanting to give people an inside look at how couples do this on a very practical level. And so if you are familiar with my podcast, I've had a few people on already, a few couples on already that are really models of incredible relationships. And by the way, I am still doing this series for a while. And so if you really feel like you're in an incredible partnership with someone and you guys are practicing really advanced conscious relationships, please reach out and we can set up a call and talk about whether it's a good fit for you to be on the podcast. I would love to also just get to know more of you guys in the audience. And so if you want to contact me, just look at the show notes and there's ways to contact actually all three of us if you have any comments or questions about our episode today. So Laura and Bernhard and I met earlier this year when I went through their Embodied Soul Awakening group program, which I highly recommend. They're very well known for this 12-week transformational program. And when we all got to the portion of their course that talks about conscious relationships, I was just completely overjoyed because the way that they teach it is very similar to how I teach it. And so I reached out after the program was done and we began collaborating and throwing some ideas around on how we can work together in the future. And so we start out with this episode sharing about this really incredible masterclass that they created called Evolutionary Relationships, A Path to Awakening. And that is going to be on October 6th of 2022. And if you're listening and it's before we actually do this class live, you can still sign up. There's still available spots, although there's a lot of people who have already signed up. The link will be in the show notes. And if you can't be there live, it is going to be available as a recording as well for you guys. So the amount of material that they are packing into this class is really extraordinary. I'm so happy to be a part of it. They asked me to come on as a guest teacher to take the audience through some really practical exercises regarding communication and conflict resolution. So I'm really excited about that. We start off just talking a little bit about um, kind of what went into that class and their vision for it. And so after that, we get into the story of how they met, which I absolutely love. Laura really has some wild things to share when when her turn comes to give her side of the story, really mind-blowing things on um, kind of signs that she received before they actually met in person, which, yeah, you'll have to listen to that part. So incredible. 
And yeah, then they speak about why their relationship actually felt different to them this time around. Like so many of us, they've had past relationships that have been really difficult and they've been through the fire in many areas, just like I have and many of us have. And instead of being a victim to their circumstances, they really have been using all of their experiences to grow and evolve. And so we'd speak a little bit about how their past relationships really prepared them exactly as they were meant to, to actually meet when they did and prepare them for this relationship this time around. I really love this mindset around it because it shows you that everything in your life that you've been through is actually fuel for your growth and your evolution. And yes, we all know that things are really hard. We all have trauma. We've all been through hard times. But when you can also take this different vantage point of all of this actually helped me to grow into the person that I am today. And they really do a beautiful job of explaining why they probably wouldn't have been able to be in this relationship together if it was, let's just say, in their early 20s. And so I love that part of the conversation. We also, of course, speak about what the definition is of conscious relationships. They prefer the term evolutionary relationships. And what does this mean? And um, how we can use things that come up in relationships like attachment wounds, shadow stuff, trauma, and how if you are in a partnership that is supportive and both people are really on the same page, you can use all of this material that comes to the surface that gets stirred up to heal and evolve in partnership. And that that's why these types of relationships are evolutionary. And so we get really into that. That's the whole theme of our, of our talk today. We spend a lot of time talking about how to navigate conflict and so how there's these two tendencies within um, partnerships where it's either conflict avoidant or it's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum of people yelling and screaming and fighting and pointing the finger and how we see and envision kind of a different third way and so we speak about that and we will be, by the way, in the masterclass diving way, way more into that. And we'll be doing some practical exercises to show you how to actually get through conflict in a much more healthy way. And then we move into this fascinating discussion on the current state of affairs with love, sex, and relationships. I absolutely love this part. Many of you know that I'm writing a book on the war on love, sex, and relationships, which has been literally the hardest thing I've ever done for many, many reasons. (laughs) Lots of major um, kind of stumbling blocks along the way. But I just love speaking with them on this part because they really are are tapped in to the agenda um, behind all of this and the erosion of healthy relationships, conscious relationships, divine union, and why all of this is happening that is getting in the way of uh, really incredible partnerships, this next level of kind of spiritual partnership and why this is happening to kind of prevent us from going there. Um, we speak about how social media has actually replaced healthy human connection, which many of us know, and how on the one hand, it seems like we're closer than ever, but on the other hand, it's actually dividing us and kind of um, really doing the opposite effect. 
And then we speak a little bit about why now more than ever, we really need healthy and secure relationships, which is so true. And yet again, we feel like this is actually, it's going in the other direction with all of the division going on, um, in particular between men and women and different political ideologies. And Bernhard mentions so beautifully and very, very truly how the world of therapy has been overtaken by the woke cult. And we get into that. And yeah, there's a lot to say there, especially for me with the vantage point of being a psychologist. I have a lot to say about that. And Laura really mentions about the rupture of the family unit and how this is a real thing happening. And we speak about thankfully, the counterbalance that we see happening that will ideally correct, uh, course correct us so that we can finally really step into this new third way. And we end with Laura and Bernhard's biggest keys that they can really give you about why they feel that they've kind of reached a level of success in relationships and words of wisdom for the listeners on how to do it very differently. And it was such an honor to speak with them. I'm so excited for our masterclass. We'll also be collaborating on a relationship group program that they will be announcing at the end of the masterclass. So please stay in touch with all of our work. I have all of the links below on ways that you can keep in touch with us. If you have any comments or questions, please reach out and we would love to hear. So I hope you enjoy this episode and I'll talk to you soon. So nice to have both of you on the podcast today. Before we get started, just wanted to give you both a minute to just say hi and introduce yourself. My name is Bernard Gunther. Um, I am a writer, psycho-spiritual coach, and have been, you know, have my own website, veilofreality.com, where I've been writing content about esotericism, spirituality, psychology, conspiracy, going deep into the rabbit hole sometimes. And really kind of like questioning what's going on in the world. And my work is really based on combining what I call the inner work based on the, you know, psychological, spiritual inner work. And also the outer work, trying to understand really what's happening in the world in, in the context of the evolution of consciousness in the times we're in right now. So I have a more holistic approach uh, to my work on all levels. Um, also uh, had a, a private practice doing body work for over 20 years doing healing work, body work. I was a professional body worker. So my approach is also very somatic in terms of healing work. And yeah, if people can hear more about my work or read about my work and also watch my videos on uh, veilofreality.com. And then also, of course, with my wife, Laura, we also hosting the Cosmic Matrix podcast every two weeks, which is also accessible yeah, on my website. So good. Yeah, my name is Laura Matsu, and I'm also a psycho-spiritual coach. And I came from a little bit of a background because I started off as a meditation and yoga teacher and started doing that. And then I got into somatic therapy and studied compassion and inquiry and IFS and all sorts of somatic therapeutic modalities. Um, and I'm also an astrologer. So um, my journey is probably a bit similar to Bernhard's in that I just had to kind of the journey of the wounded healer. Like I had to heal myself. Conventional therapy wasn't working for me so much anymore. So I really had to go deeper. And so that kind of led us to the work we're doing now. Yes. Yeah. 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 
Well, okay. So, and I, if I could just like nerd out for a second and just tell people how much I just adore both of you and it's <laughs> an honor to number one, have you on the podcast. Number two, to be collaborating on this masterclass that's coming up on evolutionary relationships. And so for those of you who aren't aware on October 6th, the three of us will be doing a masterclass. It's called evolutionary relationships, how to use relationships as a path of awakening. Um, do you guys want to just give a little bit more about that class? Yeah, I can talk about it. Um, yeah. yeah, so we've just noticed that relationships are kind of going through a rebirth right now. I think my grandparents' relationships, they were more physical, survival-orientated. With my parents' relationship, it was more emotional. And now I think we're getting into this deeper form of relationship where it's even perhaps more spiritually and soul-based. And so we're trying to kind of use the lessons that we've learned in our relationship as a template to show people like how you can kind of deepen the way that you've been relating, what you need to look at in order to get there. And just kind of assist people because relationships are, we've noticed across the board, like 80% of the people who sign up for a course have some issues happening in their relationship and they feel really stuck in them, you know? And like, we've also had our own challenges. Like we have a very um, Plutonian relationship. So like the evolutionary pressure has been turned up a little bit because of the nature of how we are. So we just want to help kind of show people that there is a different way to be. It's not easy to get there, but if you want to have these deeper, more fulfilling relationships that are more soul-based rather than just personality-based, you know, it's becoming available to people basically. Yeah, yeah and exactly. And I think I just want to add to that because we used uh, hosting also, we have this 12 free coaching program, Embodied Soul Awakening, which you were part of at some point, right? And uh, we have get in those courses seen a lot of people going through these relationship struggles and not only relationship struggles within relationships, but what Laura just said, there seems, and I'm sure you know this in your work as well, there seems to be a shift. People are yearning definitely for deeper connections, right? Yeah. Something more, you know, beyond just having like-minded hobbies or just being like-minded, but just a deeper connection. And then you have this whole um, you know, other side of the new age, the twin flame, soulmate, divine masculine, feminine, it's also become very distorted and it's kind of these romantic projections. So we want to bring down on what we also experience in our work, you know, uh, to bring relationship down to uh, the evolutionary process and use relationship as a catalyst for growth in a practical manner. And for that, we need to really engage in, in not only um, spiritual work, but also psychological work and understanding relationship psychology. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. All of that. And what I love about what you all just said is that like what we'll dive into today, which is kind of getting into a little bit of however much you feel comfortable sharing about your own personal relationship, but yeah. like you are actually living it together right now, which I love. And it's so potent and powerful when you have that embodied understanding of exactly what this thing is that you're teaching. It's such a different thing, right? Yeah. Like, I would love to start off by having you share the story of how you met um, and what attracted you to each other and then taking it from there into like, why do you think you were ready? Uh, like what prepared you for this? Right? <laughs> Starting out with like how you met and, and we'll take it from there. Well, uh, we met on Facebook, <laughs> ironically, and um, that was what, 2018? Yeah, I believe so. 2018. Um, I noticed her on Facebook and I was the first one to message her, approach her, which is, you know, for me at that time was a big, big step because I've been through the ringer with relationships, like, you know, bad breakups, you know, and, 
uh, almost traumatizing breakups like 10 years ago of just like, oh, my childhood stuff came up, you know, as it is, because in a relationship, you're confronted with your own stuff, right? And I had to really dive deeper work. So I became almost relationship phobic, you know, I didn't want to engage, but something drew me to her and it was, yeah, definitely some physical attraction, but it was more about her posts on Facebook because she had this unique gift, what always drew me to her of like this excellent um, taste of humor, <laughs> That really excited me, but there was wisdom within that as well, like like depth. I knew it. I felt something. You know what I mean? And I just sent her, but I literally, you know, because you know, you gotta watch out with Facebook and projections and all this kind of stuff, you know. But I, I messaged her and just thank you, hey, thank you so much for your post. And she sent me a polite message back, and I added her. But then I got really frustrated because I felt ignored by her because she never liked my posts yeah, his, own, his, his own triggers were coming up immediately basically <laughs> i was kind of like you know because i wanted to like connect and like with a th you know my own uh i wanted to show her my work because i think she would love it oh, I love um that. but you know what i mean i was more so i think from my perspective looking back it was also for me from from a male perspective more stepping up to the plate and approaching her and kind of showing my interest more but i took it very slow Right. We started chatting very slowly because I was very, uh, I was almost very shy and insecure because I did not want to repeat what I repeated in the past, you know, not jump into it. So in that sense, we took it quite slowly. And, and at first, because she was living in Canada in, in uh, Vancouver Island, I was in LA at that time. So we just messaged at some point, it turned into Skypes here and there. And then she left. She went even, uh, she went to India for quite a few months to study yoga and all of that. So we then even stopped communicating. So we took it very slowly. It was actually a slow build up until it kind of really clicked and, and, then and we I, met. And then I came to LA on my way back from India. Exactly. To meet him. But what? yeah, I mean, my side of the story was a bit different because I was like on my intense like healing journey. <laughs> um, but I was also doing a lot of spiritual bypassing. So before I was living in Vancouver, I was doing tons of ayahuasca in Peru and trying to like heal a lot of sexual trauma. Yeah. And I came back and I was living on a farm and I was like, okay, I need to heal my relationship to the earth and community. But I was getting some signs even building up to meeting him. Like when I was in Peru, someone told me you're going to get married in the next year in astrologer, looking at my astrology. And then in India, I also got a Vedic astrology reading. He was like, you're also going to get married. And he actually predicted like the period that we did get married. Yeah. So while <laughs> like when we first met, like, or when I first, I think when I first added him, I, when I went to his website, like I had a, like, I know it sounds cheesy, but I had a bit of a spiritual experience. Like his name lit up, like it was like glowing and it seemed very familiar to me, but I didn't know him. Right. And I'm very intuitive, like with kind of relationships and stuff. So I added him and then like, you know, a while later he added me and I always knew in the back of my head he was going to message me eventually somehow, but I was just waiting for the moment when basically, but even, even when he started talking, I was already going to India and I had this whole plan out yeah. and I was also still trying to work out my relationship issues because I came from like a big background of trauma and really just could like i didn't trust my own like picker i guess you could say in relationships yet like i was also very cautious like him where i was like okay uh i know the romantic feelings can be deceptive you know i want to yes. make sure he's the right match we have similar values etc so while we were apart in india i was like you know praying and like asking for messages on like what to do to heal so i didn't have to get my heart broken again basically 
And in the back of my head, you know, I was, I knew the astrologers were telling me I was going to get married. So I was like, it's going to be him, obviously, but I didn't want to like put my hopes up, you know? Um, so I was going through this whole relationship healing process in India in between the time before we met as well. And I was working through a lot actually. Mm. So, um, and yeah, and then we met in LA and then pretty much that was it, I think. Right. Yeah. But it's, you reminded me, it's also important to know because before meeting her, uh, I was also single for five years after a big relationship. So I was similar to her, took care. I need to work on myself. I'm not going to jump. I need to, you know, really like work on myself and not just desperately um, get into relationships, which was my pattern. You yeah, know I mean? me too. Logically, like very just romantically and infatuated um, and just playing out my childhood trauma unconsciously, basically. Right. So I had to take care of myself. And I came to a place, I remember, like, to where I felt very content with myself, my solitude, and actually no desperation to be in a relationship. Mm. But there was a call, like, no, now I feel ready for a relationship. Like, just this, this, you know, knowing now I can enter, like, I want a more conscious growth-related relationship. But there was no desperation behind it. And I yeah. think that was key. So it was not like, oh, I got to get with her, you know, like, trying to, all this, this uh, you know, almost overriding emotional, like, need it was not there you know what i mean it was just kind of like oh she seems interesting like something drew me to her but it it was not this like you know right away this butterfly in the stomach and just thinking of her all the time it built up slowly i think it was more healthy so to speak um and the way we you know took our time to really engage together and actually the long distance at the beginning will work to our benefit i feel yeah. And that's also something that changed for me because I was very much like a relationship addict, like person to person or just romantic interest to romantic interest. But since I was really focusing on my own meditation and yoga practice and my own healing for so long before we met, I had this profound shift where I realized that everything I was looking for in a relationship was to be found in my relationship with God. And it like turned yes. down the desperation dial significantly because I realized that I was seeking for a spiritual experience in relationships, which can happen as well, but I was putting way too much stock in the relationship, bringing me that fulfillment, basically. Yeah, just that's a very important point because it, I had the same time during this time from 2013 until 2018, I also deepened my relationship to God and the divine and truly found God, like truly made this my purpose in my life. Now I need to really not just talk about it, philosophize, but really spiritualize my being, you know? So that became my most important relationship, I think, for both of us. And I think in a, quote, conscious or spiritual relationship, whatever you may want to call it, you know, the key point is that both uh, individuals or both partners make their relationship to the divine the most important relationship. So we don't use each other for that, which yes. is impossible for the other to give. Right? Yes. Right. Okay. Well, your story is so beautiful. And like, there's so much there, even within... Um, the meeting of both of you. And also like, I really am curious to when you first met each other in person, how did you know like, well, okay, wow, this is different. This is, does, isn't like, like you have that internal safety of, of being able to mm -hmm. relax into it, knowing you're not going to repeat the past. Um, how did we know? Well, first was the hug at the airport, no? Yeah, because you never know when you're talking to someone <laughs> online, right? You never know what they're like in person. So then energetically, it did feel yes. right when we met, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that was a really big piece. Yeah, because it's online and then there's a whole difference in person. Yeah, you, know? it's, you never know. Yeah. Like you could get along with someone like amazingly online and feel like you're meant to be. And then you meet in person and energetically, something's not right. But that was not the case when we met. We were pretty, we, I think we both knew when we 
actually were physically together. Yeah. And then we also didn't jump in physically right away. We just hung out at my place. I was actually more like, you know, kind of yeah, uh, reluctant to engage. Yeah. You know, so let's just hang out, go on hikes together and talk. And, but there's definitely, we had already this intensity in the mag, you know, there was the Yeah, there was definitely an phase. intense magnetism as yeah. well at the same time. Yeah. 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 And then. And it was almost almost like a comfort and a safety, you know? Yes, exactly. That was actually, that's true. It felt like very, for the first time, because we're both very emotionally sensitive. We were, you know, even astrology, cancer, moons and cancer rising. Yeah. So it felt like emotionally right away, not only safe, but familiar. That yes, that's a good word. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love this so much. And like, I think it's important too, to talk about this for people to help them understand, um, even from like an energetic perspective to feel into that, right. Yeah. To, uh, yeah. As sort of an indicator of whether they want to jump in or not. I love this. This is all part of this overall theme of conscious relationships. And, and if we could just back, back up for a minute and maybe for people who aren't familiar with this term, conscious relationships, a lot of my mm-hmm. own is, but would love to hear how you guys define this. Like what is a conscious relationship or mm. evolutionary relationship? Um, well, I mean, they're kind of, they kind of both interrelate for sure. I don't think there's anything as a purely conscious relationship because we're constantly still working out unconscious material yeah. and digging. But I guess a conscious relationship would be both people in the relationship and the relationship in general is meant to bring more consciousness to both individuals. So both people yes. have to be looking to do self-inquiry, to look within, to look at their triggers, to look at their projections. It's really not easy at times, you know, yeah. and that ultimately leads to more opportunities for growth, you know. So you can do that as much or as little as you want in relationship. And my view is that all relationships are in a process of growth, even though they might be in a process of involution, like destruction or evolution. And that growth rate is different for each relationship. So since I'm very intuitive and psychic, and so is he, he's very sensitive, like it's hard for us to avoid some things that regular couples maybe would just brush over and not want to talk about, you know, like we know when something's going on and we need to discuss something. Yeah, there's so. no one hiding in this relationship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's and that's been actually a challenge too, you know, because yeah. since we went, since we had such an intense, um, you know, romantic symbiotic phase, like the separation, the differentiation is actually really important at this phase in our relationship as well. Um, And then evolutionary relationships, I think that all relationships can serve your evolution. It's to the degree that you do that consciously or not. It's like, are you actually being dragged by the lessons in your relationship or are you consciously engaging in them? That's the difference. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I think it's interesting because conscious relationship, it's a, it's almost an oxymoron paradox because most of relationships, even the most quote unquote conscious are based on unconscious patterns, unconscious, even unconscious attraction. We most often, if you haven't done many self, we unconsciously attracted to certain people, even people that are not good for us because then we want to re-experience a trauma, right? Or, you know, we experience people that are safe as unsafe or unsafe people as safe and whatnot. I mean, that's how abusive relationships most often happen on unconscious levels, right? Yeah. But in a conscious relationship, I think the key point is to uh, consciously make the unconscious conscious, like in Jungian terms, make the darkness conscious and use it, uh, understanding that relationship serves as a catalyst for growth. And this growth is not always pleasant, right? And conscious relationship implies understanding that romance is not love. That's not always kind of like high and 
great sex and this emotional highs and doing great things together and all the time. I mean, that's part of it, but eventually stuff will come up. And in an evolutionary relationship, you can even see it from certain esoteric traditions, it can catalyze your sp the spiritual evolution of each individual, mm. right? Because it will bring stuff up most often. I noticed also myself, I've done so much self-work by myself and I knew actually that going back to what I mentioned before, when I said I was ready for a relationship, I knew I was kind of stuck, not stuck by the head, hit a plateau in my own self-work that the next step would be I can only progress more in my own evolution, spiritually, psychologically, in partnership, because I knew that would also bring stuff up. Mm. When you're by yeah. yourself, you know what I mean? The solitude is important and you learn about yourself, but you can also hide away, you know what I mean? Oh, definitely. In, in isolation and in a relationship, then stuff comes up. And, you know, if you then approach it evolutionary with consciousness and understand young psychology, shadow projection, your childhood stuff, or spiritually whatever happens, you can use it as a catalyst for growth, which is sometimes definitely not easy, but that's, that's a conscious relationship. And then it requires ownership and self-responsibility because you really need to get not into the blame victim game, which, which is happens so also as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That triangle. I was just talking about that too. I have a group of men and women. We meet every couple of weeks and we talk about conscious relationships and um, that the, the triangle is just like, we're all programmed to be in that. And I mean, if yeah. we just get that one thing, it's so, so huge, but yeah, I think you, so we're in this like bridge phase right now between relationships back in the day that it was all very unconscious. We're still, most of relationships are, people aren't yeah. having conversations like the ones that we are about like, oh, wow, you can use this for your growth and evolution. Like who teaches you this? I definitely did yeah. for my yes. mom and dad. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but also what I love about your story is that I think these types of relationships, I don't know, I, I want to hear what you have to say, but you have to have kind of been through some stuff. Like each of you mm. went through lots of lessons to kind of prepare you for this relationship, right? And so do you feel like that's a required part of that? I can't really picture people in their early 20s, like teenagers, like getting mm. into these relationships. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of uh, like I came from a pretty traumatic childhood, like very high on the ACE scores, you know, the adverse childhood experiences I almost perfectly scored on there. So I've had a lot of trauma to work through. And that's something that obviously comes up first in your relationship is your attachment patterns, your trauma. And I'm talking beyond the romantic phase. Like the, I think that the romantic phase is really important and not to be missed because if not, you don't kind of bond and merge in the beginning. But a lot of the stuff for us, it came up a little bit earlier, but a lot of the really deeper attachment stuff comes up once the romantic phase has ended and you're like, okay, who is this person? You know, like, yeah. how are we different? How do we relate? So I think a lot of that has informed my work and our relationship in general, although at times I wish I just had like secure attachment and a happy childhood, you know, but I'm actually noticing and that's actually quite rare, especially that secure attuned attachment. You know, I think a lot of us actually have some degree of attachment injuries that we have to work out. You know, if even if you look at the kind of authoritarian child rearing practices and like what that did on a whole generation of kids and like, you know, we're really healing from some really um, non-empathic relate like child rearing practices. So I think a lot of us are actually healing from some from wounds, because if you think about it, you know, the kind of relationship we have, we're very emotionally connected. We're very intellectually connected. We're very spirit. We can talk spiritually, you know, that wasn't taught to either of us. We're just figuring it out as we go along. Right. So we're kind of like 
we're using the mistakes that our grandparents, our parents passed down to us to learn and to grow as people, but we're also having to really design a new type of relationship that we've never seen like exampled in the world as well. Exactly. So it's like, it does really feel like we have to chart new territory and we have to just kind of figure it out as we yeah. go along, you know? Yeah. But looking at, you know, what you just mentioned, Leanne, um, about, you know, even, yeah, I think I couldn't be in the relationship with on that level of law in my twenties or thirties, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I, I like in my mind back then, I wish I would have, you know what I mean? But I was not mature enough because even from a basic man, you know, being a man and all of that, uh, in my own lessons. And I think that's almost, a, not, I want to say trap, but the illusion people have, they want to have the perfect relationship right away. Right. Yeah. Uh, but for me, relationships are lessons in love and looking back, I had some really devastating relationships that took me out, you know what I mean? Just really like, Oh my God, what, how, you know, but looking back, it really served a very important lesson and very important, almost like, um, uh, how do you call it? Like rite of passage, I would say, right. Mm. Every relationship. So, because if you can really like understand that's why it's so important to have a grounded understanding of psychology, shadow work, trauma work on these basic, what I say, basic levels, just a foundation, because then you don't blame because so many people still blame their ex. Oh, my ex is, you know, narcissist, sociopath, and like all these projections and resentments, but not seeing your own role. Why did you attract this and were attracted to this person to the begin with? Right. Yeah. Because I know every, whoever you are with or were was exactly the right person you needed to be, you know, That's based mostly. <laughs> That's a hard thing to to admit, right? So for me, relationships are lessons in love and it's highly individualized as well. I mean, what I learned a lot from Laura as well, because she's an evolutionary astrologer, like understanding, if you understand astrology, really in-depth astrology, natal astrology, composite charts and all that, how each relationship is so different and each individual is so different, we can understand maybe basic you know, patterns and general rules in basic psychology, but how it plays out for each of us in our relationship is very specific, yeah. Right. So that's why, like, we cannot, it's, you know, most people like to compare themselves to others, which is also a trap in itself, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think also, like, what you guys are talking about is kind of, and when I try to explain this to people who this might be a new concept to, right? It's kind of like this idea of growth mentality, both like in the pre, like the dating process, even, or using all of your past experiences or relationships to not be a victim to those, but be like, wow, what can I learn from this? What did I really love about this person? What, what didn't work at all? How did yeah. I grow and evolve? And like, I call it like squeezing the juice, like when life hands you lemons, like, squeeze the juice out of that. Otherwise you're going to just stay stuck in the same thing, you know, and an easy thing for people to think about maybe as they're going out there dating or having relationships, are you staying on like this flat line, right? When you're kind of just repeating, 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 or is it mm. like an upward trajectory, you know, that mm -hmm. communication, like, okay, I'm learning and growing each time from this. And so yeah. like within a relationship, like now you guys are together, you can actually use that same mentality to be like, okay, bumps in the road, things that feel hard. This isn't necessarily a bad thing we have to run away from. This is like, wow, we can use this and it might not feel great. Right. But at yeah. least we know like, okay, if we can work through this, we're going to 
come out the other side stronger, more connected, more resilient, right? And so has that mentality helped you guys? Oh, for sure. I mean, it does help when both people are growth orientated and are willing to take up the challenges and go into them and talk through them, you know, because it's not easy. Even if when you're, even when you're both on the same page, going through that process is not easy because all of your stuff comes up. You have to learn how to be vulnerable in ways that you haven't been vulnerable. You discover new things about yourself, you know, but that's actually, we're lucky. We were checking out our synastry and our natal and our composite. And we have so many Pluto aspects in our composite and natally that we both deep down inside kind of like this stuff. Yeah. It's not maybe, easy. Maybe describe what it means, Pluto. So yeah, so, Pl- so Pluto is 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 evolution and evolutionary astrology, you know, and the more Pluto aspects you have natally or in composite, the more it amps out your growth, basically. So people who have less Pluto aspects, they don't, it's not that they don't grow, it's that they may grow at a slower rate, you know? So if I had like one Pluto aspect, but then I got into a relationship with eight Pluto aspects, that would maybe feel overwhelming for me because I don't like to grow at that rate. Mm. So luckily we kind of like to grow exponentially, I think. And, you know, we're both on board for it. It doesn't mean it's easy at all. Like you really have to go exactly to the place where you're subconsciously avoiding a lot of the time. And that's really intense. Yeah, you know? con- I mean, Plutonians, there's some intensity. In our yeah. There's like death know? and rebirth, yeah. multiple death and rebirth. Like our relationship has changed forms many yeah. times, which you also have to be comfortable with. Like, I think the fixed mindset relationships, the main thing that makes them different is they want everything to stay the same and they have all these unconscious agreements like you do this in the relationship i do this and we have this unconscious agreement to never change and if one of you changes it's like you're breaking that unconscious agreement but with us it's like we've actually gotten into the relationship with almost an unconscious agreement for growth already doesn't mean that it's easy at times but we when stuff comes up, one or both of us is willing to go into it, yeah. which makes a big difference. I mean, for we, sure. have, we have conflict in our relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's an intensity, there's arguments, there's fights. We, we project, get triggered. Mm-hmm. All of that happens. You know what I mean? It's not like we're just sailing along. No, 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 all, no. You know, and then people tend to project all kinds of stuff on our relationship too. Yeah. Um, well, they don't but, really understand conscious relationship. Like people have this thing. It's like, oh, like, all oh, Exactly. Really? Like, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. no. We get get into it. Yeah, like what you guys share about like we're in all this stuff is coming up. Like that's actually the nature of this kind of a thing. Exactly, exactly. So the good thing is, is that I've been in relationships, you know, especially when I had my quote unquote like first awakening in 2012, where I was getting involved with people where my growth rate was not matching what they wanted. And then I would be like demonized for like wanting to talk about it or wanting to go there because they'd be like, Mm -hmm. no, 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 I don't want to look at it, you know, because it does take a certain type of person to like really want to go digging into the wound. (laughs) You know, that's what it is. And you're like kind of opening it up and, you know, it takes trust and courage and vulnerability and it's actually really scary like even as connected as we are when we get into like really deep important conversations it's really scary still because you're really revealing something that you've actually most likely been subconsciously avoiding facing and like but that's really how the relationship gets to deeper levels of intimacy and deeper levels of kind of connection and rebirth I mean, also there's, you know, probably, you know, there's, we need to also embrace conflict in the sense, not just to like thrive, you know, <laughs> initiate in terms of just feeding off of it, but there's, what do you see in a lot of people in relationships? Maybe, you know, as well, conflict avoidant couples, right? Yes. Who just like 
shove everything under the rug and everything is fine. And then just, you know, and then they just already kind of start detached and disconnecting and there's no love, there's no connection anymore because of just things being unsaid, yeah. so to speak. Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's like my ex-partnership with um, my son's dad was totally like that. And so like mm-hmm. I had to learn through that, comp- that whole pattern of sweeping everything under the rug. Mm-hmm. Um, totally destroyed the relationship ultimately. And so like through the fire, I had to learn. It's almost like you come out the other side, you're like, I am never doing that again. Like you have to go through these experiences of, it really is like a death and rebirth. You know, it's the intensity. I can really relate relate to yeah. that too. I have a lot of Scorpio. I have, I have my Venus in Scorpio too, in addition to uh, Uranus in Scorpio. And so I get that whole thing, mm. like very intense. And yes. everyone is like, what I'm having to learn now, like really humbly is like, not everyone like, wants that no that's the thing yeah and but when you find someone who does want it it can really it can really speed up the growth for both people it's just that you have to know that these people are rare you know a lot of people just do want this surface level relationship like you play your role i play my role you know um and actually what we learned too you know because we are getting really into this uh developmental model of therapy is that a lot of people actually avoid discussing important things because they think that will help maintain the symbiosis they think that will keep them close like oh i'm just going to ignore this because it's going to keep things stable and secure but it's actually the opposite is like you rob vitality from your relationship by by not speaking to the about the things that are important to you you know so that's why even in our in our courses and the things we teach is like you have to learn how to manage conflict well and that's actually where the biggest growth edge has been for us is like this kind of differentiation process where like we're learning how to manage our differences and and kind of separate from each other at this stage because that's actually what keeps the relationship alive as long as you're still talking you know separating a sense of individual individualizing yes you know yeah and then you know um so you don't mistake the symbiotic romantic phase where everything is we 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 yeah as, as the relationship yeah so basically kind of in the beginning the romantic phase is like a we you know and then differentiation phase is two eyes where you're learning like oh he has this different opinion i have this different opinion how can we actually talk about this without getting into a big blow up or avoiding it altogether you know and we're actually finding that that's what strengthens a connection and relationship is kind of differentiating not just constantly trying to stay the same all the time in hopes that that will just keep the relationship together yeah, yeah. i think the biggest challenge for us personally is that we're both introverts yes (laughs) we don't uh, which you know we don't really go too much uh but and also that we we are highly intensely creative and entrepreneurs we have a business together so that's the kind of biggest challenge nowadays too as a couple which happens more and more i think being a couple having a business together then but then you have your private life and relationship together and kind of like yeah you know, balancing that out so to speak yeah that's another astrology chart too yeah. <laughs> yeah oh my and i love that that we're talking about that evolutionary astrology piece too it's such a big big one um gosh there's so much we could literally talk for hours because this is totally my passion um I'm, th- there's a million directions we could take it but i think like can we just like zoom out for a minute and talk about maybe the current affair, like the current state of love, sex and relationships right now? Like what's going mm-hmm. on on like a bigger level right now? Um, mm-hmm. I have, <laughs> I kind of oscillate between like, I have some real concerns with where we're at right now. Um, I feel yeah. like in a lot of ways yeah. we're in the dark ages when it comes yeah. to love, sex and relationships. However, like on my good days, I'm like, okay, this is like, it's, 
all happening for a reason and lots right. to stay there. But what, what do you guys feel like? What's your bigger sort of zoomed out perspective of where we are collectively? Yeah, I think you're right. I think we are in a process of almost like there's two ways that evolution affects us. Involution, which is the destruction that's of, of what is, and evolution, which is the creation of something new. But in order for the creation of something new to happen, what is actually needs to be destroyed. And I think that's the phase we're in. And there's like so many factors, you know, very few of us from a basic psychological perspective, very few of us has secure attachment, you know, um, the child rearing practices I talked about, we're not taught any of this in school, like not one thing about relationships like ever is put into any of our schooling. Never mind the whole fertility crisis that we have and like all the indoctrine disruptors and like birth control. I mean, like you see multiple angles um, in which like our relationships are being disrupted, basically, you yeah. know, and until collectively we bring consciousness to what's happened to us intergenerationally and even currently culturally is we don't stand a chance because we're just replaying these same patterns of the past. Like even in our relationship, I replay my parents' relationship and I need to change that. And he replays his parents' relationship, you know? So we're really charting new ground here, but we're going to probably have to go through a process of destroying what currently was in order for the new to emerge individually and I think collectively. Yeah. So what do you think? Well, I think also from a really zooming out the bigger picture, you know, which is a lot about my work is about looking at, you know, the times we're in and the different esoteric traditions that have talked about this time, you know. And, you know, our course has also been called Time of Transition Embodied Soul Awakening. So this time of transition is from the esoteric Christian perspective, this transition we're in literally right now, mm. right? Uh, um, or Triobindo also calls this time, it's transitional time. And it's a very, um, it's a very fragile, very, how can I say, um, there's a big opportunity on the positive sense for everything what's happening in the world, for relationships, for individual self-realization, all of that, but it's not a guarantee. It's very fragile, right? Mm. It can take, you know, even the Hopi said, uh, there's a way up or a way down, you know, or and then we sink deep into the dark night of civilization, as Sri Aurobindo said, or we truly make a quantum shift, quantum leap. And I think that not only relates to ourselves, but that needs to happen within relationships as well. Yeah. And as you see what's happening not to get too much into conspiracy topics and political topics, but there's an agenda of the hostile forces of something, the dark side, to destroy relationships, to destroy, destroy the family unit, to destroy healthy sexuality. Yes. What we see now is we're literally on all these levels, be it relationship-wise or sexuality, this whole gender topic and all of that, where pathologies are becoming normalized. Yeah. yeah. Right? And that's a problem, especially for children, you know, with the schooling, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to that. So it's scary time. It's not easy time. This is a time of war. We're in a war, on a multidimensional spiritual war. And I, I, that's for me not an understatement. So you need to have the mindset of a warrior. And even the relationship, the discernment is key. It's like really, you know, uh, you not to fall to the social cultural program, what's happening out there, you know what I mean? Where they really like also mistake just, you know, sexual attraction or anything goes for love, you know, and all of that. Yeah. So sexuality, if you bring up this word, I mean, that alone, no, no one is sexually healthy. No one has been taught conscious sexuality. And you see it even in spiritual circles that focus on Tantra, but it's almost a sexual indulgence in a sense, you know, yeah. not transmuting the energy maybe to a higher level, so to speak. Mm. And uh, love itself, you know, I made a, uh, a documentary film, Love, Reality in Time of Transition, like over 10 years ago 
Well, I also questioned the idea of what is love? Love is one of the most abused words, right? We have these vital egoic desires, you know, conditional love, what we want to be fulfilled by the other, right? Yeah. So the question of love, these, these, when you talk about love, sex relationships, we need to ask the question, what have we been taught about these three words? What is our relationship to that? Where do our desires come from? You know, and that's why the inner work. And once you really like come face to face to that, you know, you face like Gurdjieff to talk about, you come face to face with the horror of the situation, meaning the disillusionment that you have all these program conditioned de desires that are not their own and that play themselves out in relationship. Mm -hmm. So we need to become more conscious and wake up and kind of engage in the inner work to deprogram ourselves. And that the more we step up uh, to the plate individually, then we can engage more in relationships. And, but it takes effort. It takes a will. Right. And I think that just to end on this, weird thing nowadays is what we've also noticed i'm sure you there's more and more single people yeah, out there yeah but at the same time we're so connected on the internet with social media yeah. and it gives you the illusion almost of like too much choice and people have these um you know who are we to talk we met on social media but these infatuations just with people with profile pictures you know what i mean let's not even get into the whole well, porn uh, uh, issue in, in this day and age i and think that. that's the risks that we're at is that you know we have this almost synthetic environment of relationships via online right mm. and i'm not discounting that because i think it's amazing like i've learned from so many amazing teachers i wouldn't have access to in person because of the internet so i'm grateful for it but we have to watch out that it's not kind of the substitute partner or substitute like for connection that we really need like we need that we i think a lot of us have discounted our need for love and connection and attachment because the internet and the kind of uh, relationships on there kind of soothe that wound a little bit and distract us you know yeah so oh, it's, it's laura i'm so happy you brought up that piece just quickly i'm getting so excited but it's really hijacking our own sort of like the the in-person connection that you would have with someone is so different than online and then it's also just like i think it's completely eroding basic social skills and communication mm -hmm. yes i see it my son's 12 now and like you know I, I of course i like teach him and i try to lead him in the right way but like with his friends they're, they're speaking like they're texting back and forth it's not even like full english or like <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the erosion of, of even like communication skills, basic social skills. He doesn't yeah. know how to like really answer the phone correctly. Like all these things that I don't oh, yeah. I'm not saying we need to go back in time at all. Yeah. But like we need to preserve a certain level of this is why for like the three of us, a lot of times people want this heightened level of divine union, conscious relationships, but they they're losing like the foundation of those like basic relationship skills totally and media and the internet is really eroding that and it's it's really it is a pair it's ir ironic because it's supposed to help keep us connected but it's actually doing the opposite exactly yeah. and that and i think that especially when pluto enters aquarius you know which is all going to be about like transhumanism and even mm. more kind of aquarian themes and the internet and communities we're going to kind of amp that up a little bit as well so that's why even with us we're seeing like we see we know so many great single people who would be amazing in relationships uh who are single now like something is happening you know this is not usually like i even if i think about like 10 15 years ago it wasn't like this you know right. so something is going on you know and even you know we've we've been talking to other therapists we know who work in this field and they see that a lot of people are individuating now 
and like wanting a deeper relationship, but they kind of entered into, I guess you could say like a more consensus, like fixed role relationship. So, you know, I think that there is this call that's hitting some people to individuate, to seek for something higher, and then their relationship actually might need to go through a death and rebirth, or maybe even a death for them to get there. So, yeah, and also we have seen, I'm sure we have, you have also witnessed over the past three years what happened in the world, right? Yes. The splitting, like people like believe in that, but a lot of other people question that, especially the, that medical treatment everybody was subjected to or was being told to take. So that created a lot of splitting within relationships as well. That's a big one, what happened over the past three years, you know, and what people go along with. So there was a rude awakening for many people, not only within relationships, but uh, intimate relationships, but family as well. And I think collectively, just to speak on that piece, what happened is, is because the tension of like kind of the global chaos and instability actually amped up the evolutionary pressure on everyone, whether they knew it Mm -hmm. or not. Just if even if you take it just from a basic 3D level and the stress of like lockdowns and mandates or whatever, like that puts extra pressure on your relationship and some relationships could handle the pressure some handled it not so great and then some used it to catalyze a deeper rebirth you know yeah yeah i mean i think like one of the common themes i see just from so many different angles is this whole thing instead of bringing us together we're being divided more and more and more yes and it's so great and it's so sad because like actually now more than ever we need partnerships like the one you you guys have right we need each other and so it's really like people are being thrown into just mental health crisis whole thing is huge now because instead of having all of us come together to support each other it's like the opposite is happening totally there's so much to say here and I love what you say, Bernhard, about it. It really is a war. So like this book that I'm having so much, the hard time writing, it's called The War on Love, Sex and Relationships. It's like mm. from so many different angles, right? If you start just from like the media matrix programming of all of the garbage that we're fed about what a health, what a relationship, what love is, all this stuff to all like our poisoned food supply and all of like the hormones that are coming mm. in. Do you guys know about atrazine? Have you guys? No, what's that? Okay, mm-hmm. so it's like this. It's like the second most common herbicide out there. And so this guy from Berkeley, Tyrone Hayes, this researcher, actually showed because the the pesticide company asked him to study it. This particular herbicide is actually he showed it was turning male frogs. Oh into yes, male frogs that could actually get pregnant. Wow. Yeah. Just like, look at our food supply. Like this is the stuff that we're consuming and nobody. Yeah. And then birth control for women actually changes the pheromones they're attracted to, which is something I just found out. So like if you're on birth control, who you're, it's the selection of your partner is skewed by the hormones that the birth control is giving you. It's crazy. Yeah. And then no one wants to talk about that, like the hormone thing of of, like how it could actually change us. Right. And so like so many different things. Then you have pornography, which Baron Hard mentioned. Yes. Completely distorting people's preferences. That's not even their own preferences. Um, so that, like I have the whole list. I think I showed you guys. It's like a million. No, we're, it's the right. odds are stacked against us. Like, yeah. you know, they really are, which is why I think even more so we need to have to learn how to have securely attached relationships, which can survive these cat- like these kind of forces of evolution, you know, and can go through these death and rebirths because we're going to have to get rid of a lot of the patterns that we learned from our parents that weren't healthy and we're going to have to really map new territory and learn new ways of being. And that's not easy because everything in the world, there's very few supportive 
forces out there for couples right now, you know, even for like, we get contacted for people looking for couples therapists these days a lot as well. And, you know, you're really working against the current culture who's basically like, you know, women don't need men, men don't need women. Like they actually teach you this kind of stuff these days that we're just meant to be very independent. And I'm not saying there's not a time and place for that, but like, you know, we're healthier in relationship, securely attached relationships, we're healthier, we live longer, you know, it's such a need for us that we've basically denied for ourselves as well. Yeah, And also what you mentioned, it's in this day now, it's just to name it, like, you know, a lot of the therapy space, counseling, medical space has become wokenized, you know, the yes. woke cult has taken it over. So you cannot trust people, you know what I mean? Because it's a political ideology. It's like a virus that infects everything. So it's hard to find help and trust people in this. I can see this, you know, almost this unspoken mistrust, you know, in, in the collective, you know what I mean? When you, because I even see it when I go out, you know, walking or see people and, and chat even with neighbors right away. Like, you know, you're very more, it's not being suspicious, but you, you're almost like a certain caution of sharing what you really think and believe because you don't know where the other person is at. Yeah. And, yeah. Yes. Oh, oh my God. So what should there? Yeah. I mean, I was really frustrated <laughs> When I read the uh, the APA, the American Psychological Association's recommendations on like how to help support uh, children who feel like they're transgender, and this is a whole other topic, we won't have time today. Maybe we can do a part two later if people are interested. But it's it's really not good. But I think um, I do see this sort of counterbalance or counter movement coming totally. in. Totally. So, yeah, it is. Um, it is. It has yeah. to. That's natural law, too. The pendulum will have to swing. So the more extreme that gets, and that's kind of how we are. Like, you know, even though we work together and we have a very modern relationship, like, you can see almost this desire to almost return to a bit more of a traditional like life, you know, like we don't want to have polyamorous relationships. We don't want to go into all of these weird experimentations, you know, like he does his own man's role. I do my role as a woman. And, you know, that, and and that's very different for me because I was raised by also like a hardcore feminist who is like, you don't need a man. You can just do everything yourself, you know? And I think, you know, not, not that that path is for everyone, but I think a lot of women are realizing how feminism has also lied to them and sold them a lie and that actually they are better in a relationship with a man you know and that there's this this sinistry that happens like you know without Bernhard like I would I'm very like kind of all over the place I get distracted like he's provided me structure for like my psyche my work you know there's this almost like alchemical thing that happens under the surface in a male female relationship where like he kind of provides this container so that I can be more creative so that I can kind of actualize better, you know, and without him, like I was really scattered. So, you know, I think that there is a pendulum switch happening. It's just like, like what's going to happen because there's still going to be people on one side of the pendulum and then kind of people going back to like more traditional yeah, ways. You see what I mean, just on that note, on the bigger picture, what's happened in Italy, you know, the prime minister, I don't know if you saw the woman that got elected. Oh yeah. She's a very conservative right wing, like prime minister, the first woman yes. uh, prime minister. And she just gave a speech. It's all about, you know, you know, standing up for, you know, you know for family, you know, for your country, patriotism, motherhood, like being a woman, not getting confused by gender. So you see this rising up. Of course, the the liberal leftist Western uh, 
media paints her as a fascist right away just uh, for standing up for certain values. Yeah. But you see a shift already happening, right? Yeah. That's the, how the pendulum swings. And the family is so important. And I think that's what kind of destroyed a lot of relationships is that we, I came from a generation with a super high divorce rate. It was really like normal to get divorced, you know? Um, and so, you know, the family unit and the safety and security that's supposed to provide has been extremely ruptured. We're almost dealing with like collective trauma around that, you know? So I feel like there's a deeper coming together and we kind of realize the importance of that. But it's not like we're going to go back to our grandparents' generation where like, you know, they were more traditional. Like my grandmother just took care of kids. My grandmother, grandfather worked. I think some people will be doing that, but we're going to have to infuse it with like more consciousness and more under deeper understanding of ourselves rather than just like you be the woman and I be the man. It's like, no, 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 we've evolved collectively as humans as well. And like, we can't just go back to these kind of like playing certain roles or whatever. It has to have the deeper, almost like inner marriage needs to take yeah, place. I think just to finish up, I think the, you know, the left is definitely disillusioned very much with this whole destruction of, of, of the family. But the more conservative right, they also live under this, uh, you know, I, like Laura said, just let's go back to the traditional values and make America great again. And this and that should be in these these traditional roles. You see it probably even the the polarity teaching that kind of become more popular. It's it's more like, and I see now it's it's not either or. Something completely new needs to emerge and evolve out of this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that like, I and I don't blindly sort of put David Data on a pedestal, but it is really his three stages of like stage one is back in the 50s, distinct mm. roles, stage two, feminism, we're equal, we're the carbon copies of each other. Stage yeah. three is really, it's not about going back, about like really embracing the differences, but in a much more conscious and evolved way, like Laura was saying, it's like about the yeah. marriage of both, right? And how you yes. use relationship to do exactly what this whole episode has been about, using relationships to actually grow and evolve together. Um, and so like just to just this conversation was incredible. Thank you both so much for coming on. I want to wrap up with um I guess just some final words of wisdom that you want to share with people. Like what's one takeaway that you can give, whether it's a single person or um, couples in terms of like the biggest um, key for you that you can sort of give them? Mm, what do you think it would be? I think what, um, what helped me like when I, when I had my big relationship breakup, like really devastated me uh, like 10 years ago. And, you know, I was even like being in a hotel, I had to move out all this. Then all of a sudden divine grace kind of um, graced me. And, and I came across this book synchronistically by David Rico, how to be an adult in relationships is an excellent book. But especially in this one, I read something that really struck with me. And he said, you know what I mean? In order to be really in a growth-oriented um, um, conscious relationship, you must have done already 50% of the self-work on yourself, at least. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you gauge 50%? That doesn't even make sense, right? <laughs> like 50% until before I'm enlightened or something. <laughs> I don't know. But what he basically means by the 50% is more a symbolic number that you're aware enough that you have a basic understanding of your psychology, know thyself, basic understanding of shadow work, basic understanding of childhood, uh, childhood psychology, trauma. So you spot your triggers, you spot your projections, your projections, you're aware of them, not that they stop, but at least you can have the ability to observe yourself, become less reactive, but more responsive. So yeah. when you have that state of being, you are attracted to a different uh, partner or attract others, right? right? So that's kind of really the foundation to be at, you know? Um, the the prerequisite I would say needed for an individual before engaging in a being able to engage in a conscious relationship or attract one. 
Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think the biggest insight has been, you know, because even though we talked about how our relationship to the divine was like the source of fulfillment in the beginning, so we, since we had such an intense symbiosis romantic phase, I could see that there was ways that we were kind of trying to stay like that when mm -hmm. actually we needed to differentiate at that phase. And I think that's where a lot of couples fail, you know, so people yes, who are in relationship, point. it's really important to realize the romantic phase is important. It's important for merging, for bonding, but actually where the relationships tend to fail is fail differentiation. So not being able to talk through hard things, not being able to manage conflict and that actually through kind of developing as individuals in that second phase, it maintains the connection in the relationship, which is the opposite of the way that I thought it was like, we just need to stay the same. We need to stay connected, spend more time together. No, no, no. It's actually through you kind of kind of distancing and when the romantic phase is done, that the relationship maintains its vitality and connection. Yeah. So that's I think a, that's a big point. Because, yeah. Cause yeah. even like whenever relationships break up, I feel a lot of the time past yeah. the romantic phase, it's, in the failed differentiation phase. And, and it either goes two ways. Couples fight all the time and they kind of get in these negative cycles. That's how we were. Or they push things under the rug like you and your partner were. And both of them are actually in attempt to stay in symbiosis, to stay in the romantic phase unconsciously, but not getting that need met. So yeah, I, would even, I would even say most divorces and breakups happen because of yes. the romantic phase being over and that mistaken for love. And, yeah. they to go and then they're like, how that. can we get the love back? How can yeah. we get the love back? Spend more time, da, 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 do this and this and this. But it's actually through developing as individuals at that stage and learning how to respect your partner as an individual, which means learning how to hear them share an opinion you don't agree with or don't like and hold space to kind of discover who they are. That's really where I feel the magic happens. And a lot of the long-term connected relationships, I think, if they were able to go through that phase well, then they would have this kind of relationship that they're looking for that stays connected in, mm -hmm. without having to kind of resort to let's get the love back. How can we spice it up kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, so it's kind of like counterintuitive, but yeah. yeah. I love that. And and one of the reasons why I resonate so much with your work about relationships is that it's kind of like this new third way, right? It's not sweeping things under the rug, for example, with conflict. It's not fighting all the time. It's like this third new way of being like, wow, like what, what is going on? Like with curiosity, what just got brought up, right? And to be able to have that maturity and slowing it down enough to not have those unconscious knee-jerk reactions, to do it a different way, which I'm really yeah. excited about because I think this touches into what we'll be sharing in the masterclass with people about how to maybe yes. move more towards that, right? Um, oh my gosh, it was such a pleasure to have both of you on. I think also because this work is so, so deep and actually really profound, right? This is something that, you know, all of us like will work with people. It doesn't happen overnight, right? It's like an ongoing process and it's growing and evolving as you, and you know, you're living examples of this as you even go deeper and deeper and peel back more and more layers. You get to these really like tough ones. Like you guys yeah. are probably at the level where you're peeling back the really hard ones, right? And yeah. it's, it's, so I just want to have people just take a deep breath and know if you're drawn to this work, just, yeah, go slow, go at your own pace, right? A lot of it can be like just all at once, all this stuff coming up. That's why it can be helpful to work with someone like, you know, the three of us to help you, to support you through, um, like you said, we're the trailblazers completely like, yeah, chopping down trees and creating a new path. Like 
we it, it takes a lot of effort, commitment, um, resilience, right? You have to have a certain amount of um, strength, I think, to go. Yeah. And that. I just want to touch on what you said, you know, like we haven't gone through this alone either. Like we've seen different therapists and healers and the yeah. couples therapists. So like going and this is on our level of like being all in, being willing to look at it, you know, so like. You know, I think that people underestimate the importance of getting support when you need yeah. it because it's so crucial because, again, you know, this relationship is not going to meet all of your needs. And sometimes you guys are still when you're in a relationship, you're so stuck in a cycle that you can't break out of it unless you actually have almost like a third element come in. So Yeah, and anything, you, just like you cannot do self-work by yourself all the time. You know, yeah. we are psychospiritual coaches. We help people, you know, of course, but we have our own healers, coaches, and yeah. therapists. We need to work with as well because especially in relationship when your stuff comes up, you know, we don't want to then become therapists that's, for each that's other. That's what right? kind of what happened in the relationship. <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to play therapist in our relationship. <laughs> and then I I know yeah. that one too. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's not a good situation. I think, and we were just talking about this too. Max Trombley is my co-lead for the, the co-ed group that we run together. We were just talking about this, how men sometimes have, they want to go off into their cave, do their work all by themselves. The women want to do the work in the relationship and that provide, that's like tension too. And this is like a, an example of what we're talking about. You can look at that thing that I just described as like, oh man, that's really hard. Or you can look at it like, here's where our differences can actually help each other to become better people like totally. the woman trying to bring the man like let's talk about this together can be actually helpful get him out of the cave the lone wolf thing right to be able to hey maybe if i'm hurting and suffering i can turn towards people for support sometimes and then yeah. vice versa the woman can learn and these are of course these are like generalities right um but like then the woman can always learn like maybe i don't need to always rely on someone else to like make me feel better i can actually yeah strength yeah. from that within myself, right? Yeah, that's an important aspect of the differentiation process we spoke about is like, you know, you have needs in a relationship, but you also have to be good at fulfilling your own needs and, and regulating your own emotions. You can't just depend on your partner to make you feel better all the time, you know, and that's kind of where the resilience uh, is built is like, if I can be with my uncomfortable emotions, if he can be through his uncomfortable emotions, that actually only strengthens the relationship. It doesn't mean we don't support each other, but there's something kind of tricky when you're depending on someone for your emotional regulation. Yeah. And that's where it usually doesn't work out. Yeah. Oh my yes, gosh. exactly. <laughs> okay, so clearly everyone, we could talk about this forever. I just want to kind of leave people with just a quick, um, like concise thing of some of the themes that we talked about today. Instead of looking at differences as a bad thing, actually saying, wow, this maybe this can actually mm -hmm. help both of us to grow and evolve, to turn mm -hmm. toward conflict or bumps in the road instead of running away from it, but doing it in a, in a way such that you can be like, hmm, like what's going on for, for both of us rather than yelling at each other and pointing the finger of like, you're hurting me a much more conscious ways to be like, what is this bringing up inside me? Let's work on it together as a couple to get through this, right? And we can do that yeah. for each other. Um, and so, yeah, I think those are, and so much other great stuff came up. But so just to wrap up, where can people find you? And is there anything besides the masterclass coming up on October 6th? Is there anything coming up or anything more you want to share with people? Well, the, yeah, the masterclass coming October 6th, people still can sign up for that at Evolution. The website is evolutionaryrelationshipsnow.com. That's where people can sign up. It's a three-hour masterclass. And any even people who sign up and cannot join live, they will get the recording. So just FYI. And then based on the masterclass, we're also planning to do a little just relationship course on that uh, 
or maybe um, we're still in the plans four to six weeks for a small group. Yes. Right? That will be more exclusive, maybe 18, 20 people max. Can something I say like something that. about that? Go ahead. So that will be like more an experiential relationship uh, uh, course because we've noticed that, I mean, you can't just read about this stuff. You have to practice it to learn it. Like you yeah. can't just read a conflict <laughs> uh, management thing unless you have to apply it, actually. That's the only way you're going to learn. So It'll be more experiential. Um, it's going to be a smaller group. It's something that you really will benefit the most from if you show up live because it is experiential. But we also want to say, you know, the skills that you learn, like even the skills that we learn in our relationship actually helps us in all of our relationships in all areas yes. of life. And so we have the similar intention with people is like, if we can teach you how to manage your anxiety in a difficult conversation with someone online or someone in the group, you know, that actually will help your relationship because now you have the practice, you know, and I think that's a key element that that people are missing these days, that real experience. So whether you're in a relationship or you're single, um, we're going to have something in the masterclass for you about that. Yeah. yeah and then we also, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, Laura, you make such a good point. It's so different when you can either read a book and you, or even talk the talk and like versus walking the walk when the rubber meets yeah. the road. Can yeah. You do the thing? yeah. 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 Now, once that, then we also we have uh, what we have done over the past two years, our like massive twelve week uh, coaching program, group coaching program, time of transition, embodied soul awakening, where we go deep into many many other topics, as deep trauma work, shadow work, inner work, esoteric work, self work, looking at what's happening in the world on really multi dimensional levels. So we have done this one already nine or ten times. We will do that one again, maybe in a different form, starting next year. But anybody who wants to keep updated of our work, also our podcasts, should just go to my website, veilofreality.com. Sign up to the mailing list. Check out our podcast there. Yeah, we're also on Instagram, yeah. um, Cosmic Matrix Podcast. I also am on Instagram, Laura Matsu. I think that's our main... That's you. I'm I'm shadow banned for good on Facebook. I think I'm shadow banned on Instagram too right now. Actually, I figured it out. So, But it's still a good way to keep updated with our work and... Yeah. 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 Beautiful. And then like Bernhard writes these like epic like essays on his website. I mean, forget yeah. about short form content, these <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which I, I, I just love. Down. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. And oh my gosh. Yeah. We might have to do a part two. There's a million more things I want to talk about. I'm just Excellent. so grateful for both of you. I can't wait for the masterclass and we'll talk soon. Thank you again. Beautiful. Thanks so much. Thank Leanne. you for having us.